I mean, stirred up. Praise God. Trying to hold myself. Trying to hold myself. Oh, right. I don't know how I'm supposed to follow teacher and pastor. Praise God. Al Sean. <laughs> Woo, glory to God. I'm really stirred up. I got a praise always in me. It's always in me to praise God. Oh, glory to God. All right, all right. Um, and, I, I, and I love how y'all led with, with faith and how the key to it is your mind. Your mind is the key to really exercising your faith. It starts here. So um, the title of the teaching is Get Rid of Yourself. Get rid of yourself, your whole self. Get rid of it. <sighs> get rid of yourself. All right. The, uh, the objective is to clarify what it means to live as a saved person and explain how to do it. These are the learning outcomes. You will know what an old, unregenerated nature looks like according to scripture. You will understand the steps to bringing your salvation from concept to reality. And you will know how to keep your salvation intact and prevent your old nature from taking ascendancy again. That's the, that's the goal. Because I, I, I just love how we started with faith because we don't really believe in our salvation. We, we don't really believe much of what we've done and much of how we functioned as people who are professing the faith is really just, it's like knowledge. It's like something that you know, something that you studied and researched, but you don't really believe it. You don't really believe what you're studying. It's like if you went to a, to a class, to a, to a world religions class, and somebody taught you all about Buddhism or Taoism, something like that. You know all the, you know all the ins and outs of it. You could teach somebody else if you needed to, but you don't actually believe that you're a Taoist or a Buddhist. You don't believe that, see? But we do the same thing with our faith. We do the exact same thing with our faith. We don't actually believe in the scripture. All right. There is a path of salvation for a believer. For a believer. There's a path of salvation for a believer. One of the things that, I, that just continually blows me is that these letters, Ephesians, Romans, Corinthians, Colossians, Philippians, they were written to the churches. So when you look in the book of Ephesians and it talks about living as heathens live, or the book of Galatians, and he calls them foolish and stupid and talks about the works of the flesh. He's talking about believers, people who have said that I am an ambassador of Christ. I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. And he's talking about these people saying all of these things that, that just, just are completely contrary to anything saved. And he's talking to the church and saying, this is how y'all are acting. So, but here's the thing, we can't, we can't leave it in Acts because we can bring it right here today because we do the same exact thing. I did the same exact thing for a lot of years, for a lot of years. Matter of fact, I would say probably the entirety of my time in church up until a few months ago. Come on, I'm going to be real with you tonight. I can't, I can't even tell y'all everything. Like I really want to, because it scares some of you. But I'm gonna say this because I had you in mind when I when I thought about this. I told Pastor, it's gonna hit certain people in certain ways. It's gonna go over some people's heads. But I was in the shower this morning, and it's the cold been trying to get me, trying to get me for about three weeks now. I keep fighting up, but don't ever actually land on me. Don't ever actually land on me. But it's been trying, it's been trying real hard to get me. So I'm in the shower this morning, and 
I, I just I could feel it in my sinuses. And I was like, oh Lord. Oh. And something just rose up in me and said, my immune system is stronger than it's ever been. It just came up in me. And I went to worshiping God for strengthening my body. And I, went, I, t- I said I had to tell that to T when I got up here. Because your immune system is stronger than it's ever been. Oh, my son, I feel that thing. It's stronger than it's ever been, T. Glory to God. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Okay. We'll go to foundation scripture. Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to go from verse 17 all the way to 25. We're going to go to verse 27. But start at Ephesians chapter, chapter 4, verse 17. Now remember this. He's talking to believers here. <laughs> it says, So this I say, and solemnly testify in the name of the Lord as in his presence. See, he automatically made a distinction between where he was and where they were. He's in the presence. They, however, he addressed them as this, that you must no longer live as the heathen. The Gentiles do in their perverseness, in the folly, the vanity, and emptiness of their souls, and the futility of their minds. So, I'm pretty sure this is common knowledge that I dealt with homosexuality for a lot of years. A lot of years I dealt with that. And one of the things that, you know, when you think about perversion, a lot of people relate it to homosexuality, right? That's what people do, right? And, And I studied it. I studied, I studied it out, and I studied uh, what it meant and how it worked and everything like that. But I found something new about perverseness. Perverseness is purposelessness. Perverseness is emptiness. It is instability, frailty. That's what it means to be perverse. So how does a man get to be perverse Empty in your soul, futile in your mind. How does a person get to be that way? One of the definitions is instability. It said that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So what's a double-minded man? A double-minded man is a person. Remember, he's talking to believers. You have heard. I'm going to get to it a little bit later. But it said we didn't so learn Christ. To live as heathens do. Talking to believers. So you've heard the voice of God. You've experienced his presence. You've tasted and seen of his goodness. You've experienced. I saw miracles and still lived as a heathen. That's double-minded. That's a person who is drawn to the light and drawn to the darkness. Because you got saved, right? My God, you got saved. So your spirit was redeemed. That draws you to the light. But your mind is still unrenewed. So you're drawn to the darkness. That person, watch this, it's like a tug of war, right? So your spirit is drawing you that way. Your flesh, your mind is drawing you that way. What happens to you? You're standing still. You are immobilized. You can't move, right? So what happens is, as a double-minded man, you have no purpose now. You're not doing anything. You're not going anywhere. You're not established in either kingdom. You're not established. You're not established in the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of light. So as a result of that, you now have become perverse in the eyes of God. And you are open to every single perverse sin. Whether it be homosexuality, whether it be lust, lying, Every single perverse sin you're open to because you are immobilized. You have been rendered ineffective. God said that if you're lukewarm, because that's lukewarm, in the middle, if you're like that, he will spew you out of his mouth. You have no use to him. Glory to God. Go to verse 18. It said, your moral understanding is darkened and your reasoning is beclouded. It's all about your mind. Everything comes back to your mind. You are alienated, estranged, self-banished. You banished yourself 
in your purposelessness. God can't use you. He has no use for you. So when you became immobilized, you banished yourself from his presence. So watch this. As a believer, you're trying to make things work in the kingdom. You're, oh, my God. You're walking around talking to people about the word. Or you're walking around trying to witness. You're walking around trying to lay hands and pray and, and believe and do all the things that a, that a believer does. But you have banished yourself from his presence because you are perverse. And there, he has nothing to do with that. He has nothing to do with that. and He never will. You are willfully blinding yourself to the truth. It said you are alienated, self-banished from the life of God with no share in it. This is because of the ignorance, the want of knowledge and perception. The, will, the willful blindness that is deep-seated in you due to your hardness of heart, the insensitiveness of your moral nature. I was, I was, I was driving today and I said, I said, Lord, where does this praise in me come from? Where does it come from? Why is it always there? Why am I at work? And it's like, I, I just, it's like, at any, at any given moment. He said, because it comes, it comes in and out of the knowledge of God. It comes, it's, it's in and out of the knowledge of God. But a person who has self-banished himself has, is ignorant. He has the want of knowledge. So I was asking the Lord, I said, why, why does people can't praise? Because, because you've been banished, your perception has made you willfully blind. Your, your perception has been darkened. So, you're, so you now have a want of knowledge. You don't have the knowledge of God coming to you. So when you encounter situations, circumstances, things like that, when that stuff comes along, and what the natural reaction should be for a believer is to praise God, is to lift up the name of Jesus, is to lift up and glorify him over everything in your life. That natural response is not there because you don't know him. You've become immobilized. You've banished yourself. You've separated yourself from him. Go ahead to verse, verse 19. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. Whew. I did, Pastor. I did. I did. Because my praise wasn't real. Oh, Jesus. It wasn't real. It was strange fire, my shokaya. It was strange fire. It was, mm, Jesus, it was strange fire because I wanted to be in his presence. No, no, no. I wanted real bad to be attached to God. But I was, that tug of war was going on. That tug of war, that, and it was immobilizing me. I couldn't reach him if I tried because I was perverse in my nature. I was perverse. Oh, I'm going to get to how you change your nature, though. I'm going to get to it. Go to verse 9. I feel good up here today. <laughs> verse 19. Listen to this. It says, in their spiritual apathy, you have become callous and past feeling and reckless. See, it's, it's a path. It's a path. And have abandoned yourself a prey to unbridled sensuality. Eager and greedy to indulge in every form of impurity that your depraved desires may suggest and demand. So watch this. Here's how it starts. Here's how it starts. Because your flesh is, 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 is pulling you this way. God is trying to get you this way. So you can't move. All of the things of the spirit you become apathetic too. Because you say, I, I prayed and it didn't work. I've been reading. I've been, I, 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 I fasted. I, I, I come to church. I sing on the worship team. I do all of the things that a believer should do, and it doesn't work. So this is what happens. So now when somebody comes and says, can I pray for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, come on. Well, listen, I got this word the other day. The Lord told me something. He gave me, it's a, it's a word, it's a, it's a scripture. Okay, yeah, I know I heard that before. Well, I got this, you know, no, no, listen, listen, listen. I really, the Lord said that you're sick in some way. It's, something's going on in your body. Can I just, can I pray for you? He said he wants to heal you. Yeah, you know, he told me that before. Spiritually apathetic. So now the gospel loses its savor. It loses its savor. And, you, and so you treat it like positive thinking. 
right? You treat it like self-help, right? You, you're right. It's, it's inspirational, right? It's not the gospel anymore, but it, it feels good to listen to, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's something you repeat to yourself over and over again. Blessed is a man who walking not in the counsel of the ungodly, no standing in the way of sin, no sitting in the seat of the gospel. I was saying he was chapter four, but I entered into his rest. I went. They wait upon the Lord. He will renew that strength. The word. The word of God loses its savor. Is the word has the word is the word not powerful? No, 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 no. The word has the power to change you, but your mind gets in the way. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> your mind gets in the way. And so now, because you're apathetic, right, you say it doesn't work. Well, I got to pick, pick somewhere. If that doesn't work, here we go. I'm going to try the sensuality. And let, me, let me help you with something, because we're talking about your mind. That doesn't necessarily mean that you run out and start sleeping with everybody, or run and blow all your money gambling, or run and get drunk you know, every night of the week. That's not what that means. What it means is that your mind is completely controlled by the enemy's thoughts. But whatever the enemy would suggest to you, you just go with it. Whatever the enemy says to you, you just go with it. Now, your end eventually will be out there doing whatever and being whatever. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to go out there. Because you can't think in a certain way and not fulfill it. So that's where you're, in, that's where you're headed. But what it, where it starts is here. You're, exactly. Your thoughts are taking you there. But they begin up here. So you just, see, so without, so yeah, so without the power of God, you engage in every form of sin the enemy has to offer you. So when you're walking in the knowledge of God, when you truly are walking in the knowledge of God, that means taking the word and applying it to your life. That means taking what you've learned, what you've heard, and applying it to your life. This is why I said faith without works is dead. The work is taking what you've heard, what you, what you say you believe, and putting it to work and actually applying it to your life. So go to verse 20 for me. Glory to God. Verse 20. But you did not so learn Christ. You did not so learn Christ. He never taught you. He never taught you to be empty in your soul and futile in your mind. That your understanding would be darkened. That you would be perverse in your nature. That, that had nothing to do with him. That had nothing to do with the gospel. That had nothing to do with how he lives. Glory to God. I know I'm sweating. I'm sorry. This is the thing I do. <laughs> but uh, You did not so learn Christ. So he stole from you your effectiveness with your double lifestyle. God, we're, we are supposed to be, as believers, we are supposed to be engines for the kingdom of God. We are supposed to be generators. We are supposed to be. And so when we get together, it's supposed to amplify exponentially. When we get together. But what happens is somebody's dead. Somebody doesn't have any light in them. Somebody does. Somebody is operating. My God. Somebody is operating in perverseness. And so when you're trying to move, you're trying to get things done, you can't. Because, because all of the links aren't in place. Oh, my siando whole shire. All the links aren't in place to keep that current flowing. So you hold up the plans and the purposes of God. The Bible said that, that, that Israel limited the Holy One of Israel because of their complaining, their groaning, their grumbling, their thinking. Somebody, somebody is not hooked up. We're so, <laughs> I mean, examine your own heart. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory to God for you. Thank you, Minister Shamir. Amen. That's my wife, praise God. My wife with one covenant, praise God. Glory to Jesus. Outside of my past, a woman taught me everything I know about love. That's real. Uh, I, I, I want to go there, but I, I, can't, I can't go there. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse, verse 21, 
Got a delay. It gets you, don't it? <laughs> Assuming that you have really heard him and been taught by him. Assuming that you really are saved. Because you would have to start there. Assuming that you really are saved. That you really did do Romans 10.9. That you really did it. You for real. As all truth is in Jesus. Embodied and personified in him. So, a little the word truth. Truth. It is truth, but not merely as spoken. See, we're paying lip service to the gospel. We're paying lip service to, to the gospel. Where just like I was walking, saying the word, you know, people, how you doing? Oh Lord, I'm blessed. God, God is doing mighty things in my life. And glory to God. It's it's just I'm I'm just so full of full of just his, his glory and it's on me. It's not merely truth as spoken. Anybody can say anything. Anybody can say anything. It is the truth in reality, in sincerity, truth in the moral sphere, divine truth revealed to man. It is reality. So when you talk about faith, y'all are talking about faith. Y'all are talking about believing, right? And it says it is the conviction. It is the conviction of a reality. What you don't see. What is not perceived or revealed to your senses. Jesus is the, is the reality. So, when, so, so if you really got saved, if you really got saved, and you've made a decision to say, I'm going to function as a believer in the kingdom of God, then everything that he said is real. See, I had everything that he said, I could run around the church right there. <laughs> That's just me. Everything that he said, see, it, it, it'll hit you if I keep saying it. If I keep saying it, it'll hit you. Everything that God said, hmm, my Lord, is real. It's real. It's real. It's more real than the clothes you're wearing. It's more real than the chair you sit. Glory to God. It's more real than the lunch you ate today. It's more real than the car you drove to get here. Everything God said. That's what I was telling a friend of mine. I said, you, 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 feel, you feel like you don't know which way you're going, what, you, what you're doing, which way up is which way is down. What did God say? What did he say? No, no, what did he say? I ain't talking about a scripture that you read, you know, in your whack way of, of doing things. I'm talking about what was the rhema word that God said to you. Whether it was through your pastor, whether it was through your teacher, whether it was through your peer. What did God say to you? Because that is immovable. It will never, ever fail. I, oh, Lord, there's some things I want to say to y'all. Um, some things I want to say to y'all. I'll say it this way. There was a point in my life, I was in a relationship. There was a point in my life where I knew God had told me something, but everything else said that it wasn't working. My own mind was telling me. My body was telling me. She was telling me. Everything, everything was saying, this, just, this, this is just, it's dead. It's, you, it's, go on, move on. Go on, move on. Go on, move on. Just... Keep it moving, which is exactly what the enemy wanted to do. Oh, glory to God. He wanted me to reject the word that God had given me because he knew if I rejected the word that God had planted in my spirit, he could kill me. He could kill me. I would be completely open to his Mac. I would be completely open. But when it came down to it, mm, glory to God, when it came to it, and somebody asked me, so what about this person here sitting next to you? I said, you know, and that word came up in me. It came up in me. And I said, Lord, I don't even know. That don't even make sense. That, that don't even make sense when I said, because I can't do that. But the word, it, I'm telling you, if you, it, glory to God, it lifts up a standard. 
it lifts the standard up. That's why he's a God of war. Because he comes with a standard. That's how they came to war. They had the banners high when they went to confront the armies of the enemy. They had the standard up. Because they knew, <laughs> glory to God, that if Yahweh was on the scene, oh, you got to bow. Everything else has to fall. Everything else has to bow to the standard of Yahweh. And he planted, glory to God, that standard in me. And so when the enemy came against me, oh, the scripture says, like a flood, he came back against him. He washed it all away. Oh, glory. One of my favorite stories in scripture is when they were going up against, when Jehoshaphat had to take the armies, had to take the, the armies of Israel up against his enemies. He said, Lord, you said, you said that you would defend us. You said that you would not have your name brought to shame. You said this thing. You said that we would clear out the land of Canaan. You said it. And then, glory to God, Judah came up and they erected a praise. Glory to God. They erected a praise that shattered the walls of the enemy's strongholds. Glory to God. And it said that when they went up, all they had to do was pick up the spoils. God had already done what he said. My God, you got to get it. You got to get it. He had already, <laughs> he had already done what he said he was going to do. Because he cannot lie. So Jehoshaphat was functioning in perfect faith. Perfect. It was perfect faith that he was, I love that. I love it because the enemy keeps whispering and he keeps taunting you and he keeps challenging you and shaming you. He keeps trying to convince you that you are anything but what God told you you are. But the standard of the Lord, ah, yes, ah, yeah, the standard of the Lord will be raised and he will not be defeated. He is defeated. We are not going to be victorious. We are victorious. He said we are, we are more than conquerors to him that loved us. Go ahead. Ah, glory to God. Go ahead to verse 22. He, he comes to steal. He comes to destroy he comes to lay waste. He wants, he wants, see, see, and I haven't got there yet, but he comes to change the truth of God into a lie. That's what he wants to do. Change the truth of God into a lie. And when you're immobilized like that, when you're, when that perversion has hit you and you're just standing there, not doing anything, here's the thing. You're not not doing anything. You are changing into the lie. That's what he wants to do is change because you got saved. You got saved. And the Bible says that no one will snatch you out of my hand. He oh, God, he wants to change that word into a lie. Ephraim. He wants to change that word into a lie. Yo, oh, 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 you say you're a believer? You say you're a believer, Dina? You said you were a believer. I want to change that into a lie. So I'm going to mess with your mind. I'm going to mess with your body. I'm going to mess with your location. I'm going to mess with your money. I'm going to mess with your relationships. Glory to God. And anything I can do to change that truth into a lie, I'm going to do. I'm going to bring it against you. I'm going to bring it against you. Oh, but glory to God, there's already a standard raised. That thing is in my spirit. Glory to God. Woo! It's already a standard raised. All right. All right. So how do we do this thing? How do we do this thing for real? How do we do it? How do we do it? How do we do it? There's steps. You're a believer, and you're trying to stay in the kingdom. You're trying to stay in the kingdom, right, Mario? Amen? You're trying to stay in the kingdom. You don't, you don't want to go back. How do you do it? How do you do it? How do you keep... From changing that, that conversion that you had, from changing that into a lie. How do we do it? And now we come to the title. 
Verse 22. Strip yourself of your former nature. Put off and discard your old unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusion. See, faith is the conviction of a reality. Satan wants to convict you of a lie, unreality. Unreality. He wants to bring you into unreality. See? It's a delusion. It's a strong delusion. So, step one. Get rid of yourself. Get rid of yourself. Get rid of your whole self. Because here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. Oh, I'm really struggling with this homosexuality thing. I'm really struggling with that. I'm, see, I'm going to talk about myself. I, I, I ain't going to talk about it. I'm talking about myself. I'm really, I'm, I'm really struggling with this homosexuality thing. Okay, so watch this. Lord, I make a, I make a decision. I make a decision. Ooh, ah. Woo, I make a decision. Ah, glory! I ain't touching that homosexuality thing no more. That's it. I'm done. That's, I'm through. No more homosexuality. That's it. I clean my mind up about it. Lord, I'm, I'm through with it. That's it. That's a true statement. But you got a whole lot of other crap in your flesh. There's a whole lot of other stuff in your flesh. Because you know what you're still doing? You're still lying. You're still lying. You're still lying to yourself. You're still lying to your pastor, your teacher, your friends, your wives. You're still lying. See? And then the enemy will try a different route. Okay, so you're delivering from, from, you know, desiring men. Well, I'm seeing some women. He don't care. He don't care. He don't care. He wants to change the truth into a lie. Whatever he has to do. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. You can't, you can't, listen, listen. It said that no good thing dwells in the flesh. Nothing, nothing good dwells in it. Nothing in it. Nothing good dwells in it. So if you really want to function as a believer, I mean to where, like Pastor said, you are unrecognizable. Where you are truly functioning as a believer, as one who has who is who is has adopted the faith and is and has it in his heart and in his mind and has it imprinted on his soul so that he can work out his soul salvation if you if you if you really if you really want to function that way you got to get rid of your whole self your whole self right right you lay the part of it down you lay you lay the you lay the big thing down uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. You ain't, you ain't laid to see because you got that one kind of tucked away. You know? Right. But you don't know that if you don't burn the whole house down, it's just a gateway back to where you were. See, it's not. I'm going to tell you what Satan loves to do the most. What he loves to do the most is not take somebody who doesn't know God. And destroy their life. I mean, he, he likes doing that. But that's not what he loves the most. What he, what he loves the most is to take someone who has experienced God's goodness, who has walked and talked with him, and change him from a minister of the gospel to a minister of the kingdom of darkness. Right, because, because God's, God's design of you doesn't change. So whoever you were for him, he wants to take that very same thing and work it in his kingdom. That's what he loves to do the most. To take you out of God's hand. He can't, he can't take you out, but you can walk out. So he suggests and whispers to you and tries to lead you out of God's hand. He knows that hurts God the most. 
Now, that's step one. Get rid of yourself. Get rid of your, I really can't say that hard or enough. Get rid of your whole self. I remember when I made that decision, I said, man, I'm, 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 I'm going forward like I don't know nothing. Like I've never, I've never heard, I've never seen anything. I don't know what it is to, to, to be anything. I, I can't tell y'all what I want to tell you for real. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm going forward like I'm completely, watch this, brand new. Brand spanking new. Absolutely. Born. And, and you know what it felt? That's exactly what it felt like. I told, I told Pastor Teacher, I said, it's like, that's going to sound strange because, you know, I've been got saved. At least I thought it did. But it's like, I feel like I just got born again. I feel like I just got born again. And from that point forward, God has, God has, has dealt with me way different. Way different. Everything, everything how I used to do things, it's almost like I'm just doing something completely different from the way I used to do it. How I study, how I think, how I listen, how I engage my wife, how I, everything, even at work, you know, everything that I do is completely different. Because I reckon myself, my old man is dead. And I, I said, well, I don't know nothing. Lord, teach me what faith is. Teach me what faith is. But you know, this is where I started, though. This is where I started. I started right here. Lord, if you said I can do this, I can do it. If you said I could be that, I can be it. That's faith. That's faith. And I went forward in that faith. I went forward. I said, okay, I don't, I don't know how to, I don't, I don't know, but here we go. Here we go. And he ain't let me down yet. Glory to God. Still rolling strong. Still rolling strong. In the right bay. Still rolling strong. Praise God. He ain't let me down yet. <laughs> and I feel good up here tonight. All right. Step two. Step two. Go to verse 23. And be constantly, 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 every day, every hour, every minute, every second, constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. Having a fresh, a fresh, a fresh. Pastor said this one time. He said the oil of yesterday is no longer good for the next day. You need to have a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Well, how do we do that? Go to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. How do we do it? That was always my question. Lord, you tell me, how do I do it? How? <laughs> I'm sorry, I almost cracked myself up when I saw that word, uh, decisive. <laughs> <laughs> it said, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, right? Presenting all your members. Did I say it again? I'm, well, look, I'm going to say it like my pastor. It's hard up here. Now, leave me alone. <laughs> it's a hard word for me, man. <laughs> to me, give it. I would give it <laughs> a decisive dedication of your bodies. <laughs> Watch this: presenting all your members and faculties, your faculties, your reasoning, your way of thinking. So if you do, if you present your faculties, your members will follow. So what happened was I changed my mind about who I was and everything I did followed. Everything I did followed because I changed, because I changed my mind about what I was, about who I was, what I was capable of. So I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Very familiar scripture, but we don't believe it. 
Very familiar, but we don't believe it. I decided that I would believe it. He said I could do all things. Okay. All right. And so all of my members followed. As a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. So that says that worship, right, which, as we've learned, is a lifestyle. Worship is rational, intelligent, reasonable. So if I'm going to actually live as a believer... I have to rationally, in my reasoning and intelligent mind, commit that mind to the Father. If I'm going to really worship God in spirit and truth, I have to commit that mind to the Father. It said, it said, it said do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to his external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals mm, glory to God so one of the definitions was truth of truth was truth in ideals so you so I love it because you were talking about the new mind tonight you're talking about the new mind and really bringing on the mind of Christ so if 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 the mind of Christ is in you and you're governed by its ideals its ideology its way of thinking right and your attitude has been adjusted, then you have no problem. You have no problem doing verse 24. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 24. Foundation scripture for the ministry. I know, I know it's, it's rough. I, I, I feel you. I've been there. I've been <laughs> put on the new nature. This is the foundation scripture for this ministry. Are we living it, church? Are we really living this scripture for real? Because if you haven't gone through 17 to 23, you can't do 24. Put on the new nature, the regenerate self, created in God's image, God-like in righteousness and holiness. You can't do that if you don't first strip yourself of your former nature. If you, don't, if you are not constantly being renewed in the spirit of your mind. Go to James chapter 1, verse 22. And again, familiar scripture. Familiar scripture. Once we go, yeah, 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 I heard that before. Mm -hmm. You're spiritually apathetic. That's spiritual apathy. Yeah, you know, I, no, I heard that. That's spiritual apathy. Be doers of the word. Obey the message. How many times has the pastor teacher come to us and told us to do something and we didn't do it? How many, how many, times, how many times have you heard directly from God and, and you didn't do it? You just, you just didn't do it. Obey the message and not merely listeners to it. Betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. Perversion. Perversion. You have betrayed the gospel. You have betrayed, my God. You have betrayed the mind of Christ. You have betrayed the word and the prayers that have been spoken over you and prayed over you. Examine yourself. Examine yourself. I did. You have betrayed the gospel by reasoning, by using your mental faculties for the kingdom of darkness as opposed to the kingdom of light. By not adopting, by not letting the mind of Christ be in you, even as it was in Christ Jesus, you betrayed it. You betrayed it. And you, and, and you betrayed yourself right into deception. So now, now you can't hear the word. If you only hear the word and you never do it, Satan will distort it. He will distort it. He will distort it. Hath God said? 
that you will surely die? Hath he said that? He will distort it. Rab shaker. Going to the king. He will distort the word of God. Because all you did was hear it. You never implemented it, so it never was grafted. It never grafted itself onto your spirit. So now Satan comes in, just like in the parable, and thorns and thistles, stony ground, all of those different things in that scripture, but they were all intended to distort or remove the word of God. Every single, every single one of those examples in that parable was intended to distort or remove the word of God. He will distort it. But a doer of the word has become the regenerated. You have become, oh, glory to God. I love it, I love it, I love it. You have become the regenerated self because you implemented the word of God in your life. And so now that word, you become that word. It's not something you heard, mm, glory to God. It's not something you heard. It's not something you saw in somebody else's life. You become a living epistle. You become a living example of that word of God. That's how other people get saved. That's what true evangelism is. Because let your light so shine. See, true evangelism is that when you have become the word, now everyone that encounters you, glory to God, encounters the word in truth and power and in demonstration. It's an automatic offense to the kingdom of darkness. Glory to God. But we just hear it. We come to church. And these, this man of God and this woman of God pour their lives out. I've, I witness it every week. They pour their lives out. They spend hours in, in, in locked away in a room. Can't bother them. Trying to get us the word of God. And what we do is we betray it. We betray it. Let it not be said of us, church. Let it not be said of us that we were hearers only. And we never implemented the word of God. All right. I'm closing up. But this, this, this one's real important. Go to verse 25. I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Praise God. You got it. You got it, bro. Minister, Minister Adam. <laughs> Glory to God. All right? All right? Now, you heard the word, but you didn't do it. So you betrayed yourself into deception, right? So when you are a doer of the word, here's the next step to prevent that from happening. A doer of the word keeps this from happening. Therefore, rejecting all falsity and being done now with it. Let everyone express the truth with his neighbor, for we are all parts of one body and members of one another. We're all links in the chain. Now, if if you're really going, if you're really going to be a doer of the word, one of the main requirements is to, as a member of the body of Christ, to speak the truth in love to one another. If you're going to be a doer of the word, you have to speak the truth in love to one another. That, that expels falsity in the body see oh thank you holy ghost we could eliminate false doctrine if we just told the truth to each other because it expels falsity in the body if if we just if we just said the truth to each other there would be no such thing as false doctrine the spirit of false doctrine would not be allowed to work it wouldn't be allowed to move because the only thing that would exist in the body is truth. It's truth. All right. Leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. This is how you stay in the reality of your salvation. A person, a person in sin 
is a liar. Uh, if you are in sin, you are a liar. You have to, you have to cover up your sin. You have to explain away your sin. You have to try to convince people that your sin isn't really sin. Right. You're lying to yourself first. Glory to God. Self-deception is the worst kind. You're a liar if you're a sinner. A person living, whether you have confessed Christ or not, if you are in sin, you are lying. So how do you secure it? How do you secure that new nature? Reject falsity. Be done with it. Speak truth first to yourself. Because you can't, you can't speak truth to your neighbor if you're still lying to yourself. How how you how how can you how how you gonna how you gonna tell somebody else what they're doing or not doing or what the word says about their life and you're living with sin on a regular basis? Not possible. All right, I'm through. Glory to God. Conclusion. Remember now that the battle is over your new mind. You have been regenerated, saved and set free from the power of sin and death. But Satan would love nothing more than to take that regenerated mind and turn it back to the kingdom of darkness. That's what he loves to do the most. Not take people who aren't saved, people who have never heard the gospel. He loves to take believers and take them and pervert them back to the kingdom of darkness so that they can then lead other people who are believers into the kingdom of darkness. He wants you to become a minister of darkness, masquerading as a minister of light. Please understand that at the point you got saved, your fight was not ending. It was only just beginning. That's all I got. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God, man of God, man of God, man of the hour. I tell you what, the best way to really, now you've, you've ministered here quite a bit, but I love it because this is really, truly the first time in truth. Not a partial. See, most of us do it in parcel. But you have to lay down your, as teachers said all the time, what? Lay down your whole life. And it makes a difference now when you deliver the word. Now the anointing can follow you. Now there's weight on your words. You know why? Because there's truth on it. See, and it makes a big difference. And you, can, you have to speak the truth, listen, in love. Best example to use anytime you teach is use your own experience. Use you. Because the enemy would love for you to talk about somebody else. See, that's still a form of deception. See, when you deliver about something, see, it, it, that word, we just, we, homosexuality, we just lose, use that word and, oh, really? Well, God said a simple liar has his own place in hell. But you know what? The problem is, is we're, we don't fear God. Most of the time, why we don't fear God? I'm going to tell you why you don't fear God, because we don't preach God. Because if you really preach God, you fear God. Hello. I told you, what good would it be for you to come up here and lie? And still struggle. See, it doesn't, it doesn't do me and it doesn't do you any good for me to tell you you good. And it's going to be okay. And you don't get in. My job as a shepherd is to make sure that you get in. The shepherd leads you. He leads you where? To God. This is important. This type of ministry that we, we speak the truth here. 
And you need to know what I mean. And then that's another thing. If you're not convicted, there would be no change. Holy Spirit comes and brings what? Conviction. So there should be some change in your life. Examine yourself. I love what you have done with your life. And it's good to know that you, are, that you do have a brother as your keeper. And it is, he said, see, they don't know things, certain things. And now I said, now you should live. Now you're going to live. See, the other part, you think you was living, but you won't. You're really dying. In pretense that you are living. See, this is one of the reasons why eventually we're going to have that anointing for evangelism to really break loose in this ministry. But you got to keep chipping at it right here because the people's hearts is wicked. Ain't no way you evangelizing and all of this going on in your heart is still dark. See, the Bible says that your fruit should remain forever. That's the problem. I told you. Good fruit. Squeeze it a little. Good's going to come out. Because good was already there. Squeeze the bad fruit. And bad's going to come out. Why? Because it was already there. So think about that. Amen? Awesome teaching tonight. I'm telling you, you can tell when a man has made a decision about his salvation. Amen? Let's bow our hearts right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We give you glory, Father. We honor you today, Father, as well as we honor the man of God tonight, Father. You said give honor to where honor is due. And tonight, Father, I thank you, Father, for the work that you've done in this man's life, his family, Father. I thank you for the renewed mind, Father. I thank you right now that his mind is still being sanctified, set apart for God's will and purpose in his life. So, Father, I bless you tonight, Father, with all the people that came out tonight. Father, I allow let their mind, let y'all allow God's mind to be in you tonight. Allow his mind to be in you. Pray for one another. Pray for the body of Christ. He's not doing anything. He's already done everything. Deano, if he hadn't done anything else, you've done enough. I thank you right now, Father, just for what you've given this ministry, Father. It's not for us. It's for other people. So I pray, Father, that you release an anointing tonight, Father for the loss let us not get mixed up in anything that you've done for us father the bottom line is that we're to get the loss we're to get your harvest father so what am i prayers tonight that our hearts our minds be in tuned being echad one with him tonight we bless you tonight father we honor you we cover each and every individual tonight father Allow your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit, Father, to witness, to minister, to lift up, Father. Each of us tonight as we leave this place, Father, but definitely not your presence, Father. We ask that we continue in our worship for you because it's a lifestyle, Father. It's not a thing that we do when we come in, but it's a heart condition, Father, to worship you, Father. Let them who never lift their hands, lift their hands tonight. Let them who have never said hallelujah, say hallelujah tonight. Let them who has never blessed your holy name, let them bless you tonight, Father. Oh, we lift you up in this place tonight, Father. We honor you, Father. We know who we serve in this place. You are our God and we are your people, Father. Oh, bless your holy name in this place today, Father. Oh, we honor you. We bless you. We give you glory in here tonight, Father. Father, we honor you. We bless you, Father. We thank you for safe travel passes to our homes tonight, Father. Any sick among you, you said call for the elders. That healing be released and loosed in this place tonight, Father. Emotionally, spiritually, Father, and physically, Father. Whatever the need, he says, I'm here. I've done it. Now partake of my divine nature tonight. You're such a good God. Who, who could stand by you, Father? There, besides you, there is no other. 
and you know it, it is definitely unto him. Woo, glory to God, who is able, my goodness. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to leave it at who is able. 